0: It has been a season. I've hugged my son. I hugged my son, but I wanted to hug your son. Oh goodness, I've cried about our future.
1: I had complicated feelings and arguments about marching
0: in a pandemic. And I literally tried to meditate away reality. I read some books. I got my senator on speed dial. But still, there is so much more work to do. That's why we're back. And this is Your Neighborhood, The The Season season of of Solutions, Solutions with Hannah and and Jackie.
1: Hey, hey, it's Hannah here. Have you done your actions for making better healthcare? If not, head back, check out our episodes from last month and then head over to our website, yourneighborshood.com and you can find a list of solutions that you can be a part of. Then let us know what you did. We wanna know that you're listening and what you're doing and if there's anything we missed. This month, we're heading into the topic of housing, which is a topic I feel uncomfortable about because I don't know much about that big problem I don't even know how to approach it so listen and as Jackie breaks it down
0: okay so I was about to explain to you well first the other night when I was on the call I was on the call with the other ladies in the neighborhood it is a group of specifically presidents who have decided we don't want to do the process the same way the city normally does when they start developing in our communities so typically what they do is they'll come in and they'll give us this buffet of things that we can have and we'll have to process it right then and right there with them like oh yes we want this or no we don't want this and then we'll have another meeting to talk about designs and all that good stuff Mm -hmm. so they're scheduled to have a meeting in the spring they said in the spring sometime about where we're going to go with this project cuz they did a survey that was kind of whack like with not what that big so the project is they have six opportunity areas in our neighborhood um actually it's between between four or five communities there's uh, six opportunities for them to build on but they it's through a long stretch of street so the street is Princess Anne Boulevard and we're talking Ballantine Boulevard which is where i live all the way down to uh, this area called Bruce's Park now two years ago wait it's actually called Bruce's Park oh I forgot Bruce (laughs) my dog (laughs) (laughs) yes Bruce's Park okay yes it's called Bruce Park okay okay and so We knew that this development was coming because about three years ago, they had us start doing this multimodal surveys where we were having all these workshops. We're going in and we're talking about how we're going to redo this street. We got $2 million and we're going to redo this a Street. Mm -hmm. And most of the recommendations for us were like, you want it to be where there's a bus lane. They're going to take the lane. It's a four lane street that they want to take down to two, Mm -hmm. create a bike lane and a bus lane. Mm -hmm. So already, if you're talking about taking the drag down to two streets, that means this is going to be straight up residential in a place where it's not straight up residential right now. Okay. So we knew this stuff was coming because they fixed the streets. So at the meeting, we're preparing for the multimodal meeting next week, but looking at this plate of stuff that the city gave us. And so my thought was like, we have to stop letting them limit our imagination of what happens in our community because what they do is they're like hey you can have duplexes here and single family homes here and then you can have stores here and it's that doesn't who's who's they who's this okay. they? <laughs> I like your face. You're like, so when I say the city, I'm talking about, uh, the planning department. So the planning department are typically the people that have a pulse on how the city is going to be laid out, how the different areas are. I want to say, look, I'm like, I'm sitting here like about to go by definition because they do a lot and they have their hands in. A lot. But, the planning department. So in
1: their reaching out, is there representation of people from the community
0: who are helping to make these decisions about what happens? That's the goal, right? That's why they come to us is because uh-huh. they're asking us what we want. My problem with that is typically with civic leagues, because like I'm the president of the civic league and I'm working with other presidents. There's no one my age, Right. right? So everybody's like 70s, 60s yeah. and whatever. Because like, who
1: has time to do this stuff, though? I mean, it's a privilege to get to do that in a way. Because when you first started talking, I was thinking, man, it feels defeating because you go and they're passing something right then and there. And you don't have time to look up what that means. There's no clues if this is good or bad and for whom nope. it is good or bad. Ding. So I'm trying to just think through different levels of engagement.
0: You Listen, go ahead, think it through because that is the key, like that is the, that's the magic word. Like engagement is the magic word. Mm-hmm. It is the magic word. Also, I just went to our city's website and it says city planning, these are the people that are engaging, is responsible for developing and implementing short-term and long-range plans, goals, policies, with the community and approved by the city council that reflect the needs and interests of the residents and the city Mm -hmm. essentially (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's how we live Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. it's uh, it's 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 the way we use our land it's all of that like they their jobs are are huge oversight and construction like all of that Sorry. <laughs> no, no. I was the one who interrupted your story, though. No, no. Keep going. I mean, because you're... I mean, I'm trying to... I know that it's a lot, because I can say a mouthful. So, So, because you know so much about this, and because I'm such an
1: idiot about this...
0: Stop it. No, I mean, no. I,
1: I really don't know... I feel so foolish for having been so ignorant about this being... Basically, if we were choosing a topic of all the topics that we've got, this being such a critical, like, maybe this is which came first. Housing. Chicken. Yeah, Yeah, chicken or the egg. Maybe housing is what came first. It seems, I get that
0: impression from you. Is that
1: Right. That's kind of
0: how I feel. I mean, I feel like housing determines everything else, who and where where people market to you. Like, um, mm-hmm. even you know, media wise, I'm thinking about when we were when I was going through the stuff with the casino and all the casino marketing was in the low income housing neighborhoods. Like, mm-hmm. the only place they're marketing this this development is in these areas. Mm-hmm. When you talk about schools, mm-hmm. housing, mm-hmm. when you when you talk about health. The health of your neighborhood matters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Food it, for your personal health mm-hmm. and access to food and employment. Meaning, are you? Is there a transit system where you live to get you to the appointment that you need to? Is it? You know what I mean? Do, yeah. What do you have to have to have the employment? You know what I mean? Yeah. So well,
1: I could. I was really
0: the Mocha's doing
1: that exhibit now. Nourish. And they had that preview with the artist Clayton Singleton, who had a piece of these people sitting on a bus. And he brought up the idea of the cost of a gallon of milk, when you have to factor in your time, the cost of the bus ticket there, like all these different things that get added on to that when you don't have easy access to it. And that all boils down to where you live. All of it. (laughs) So... So, okay. You mentioned something earlier today. Three, like, key things. things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I actually feel like in all of the conversations and all these, like, community places that we've been having, we always circle back to... So I, was like, I feel like, like I'm meeting a whole bunch of people, right? Mm-hmm. And then they want to figure out what the solutions are and how do we activate. And I say something as simple as it starts with educating people. Okay. And they're just like it gets dismissed, right? And they start talking about the stuff I'm talking to you about. We need, I'm saying this as an example, we need the zoning to change. We need this Mm -hmm. to change. We've got to hold this accountable, da, 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 da. And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, it starts with educating people. Yeah. (laughs) And so the things that I feel like with housing that people, that it would be more progressive to doing housing better in your city is if people understood what, the planning department was, or city planning, what the planning commission does, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And then what the economic development department does. Mm -hmm. Those three departments, and and I'm just because the elected officials, I'm not even including them in this because these are the departments that are doing the work, Mm -hmm. right? The zoning, the long-term planning, the listening to the zoning and the learn time planning and giving it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Mm -hmm. And then understanding where money is going to be invested in the community through economic development. Mm -hmm. Like those three people have a lot to do with the lay of the land of every city. And and I'm just making an assumption that every city has an economic development planning commission Mm -hmm. and a planning department. Okay.
1: So (laughs) I remember at some point on our journey together, I started looking up... Oh, I remember it was over defund the police. I started looking (laughs) up budgets, like our city's budget and where money went. And the thing is... I don't know what to make of those numbers except for of those numbers in relationship to one another. Yeah, because I have no background in city planning. I don't know what the ratios should look like.
0: Show me the pie. Yeah. Well, I mean, and even if I see the pie, I'm like pie?
1: how much does education cost? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, obviously you want to dump as much money as possible there. Yeah. How much so what do we do when we go look up our economic development? When we look into all these things, what's next? So we're educating people on who they need to track.
0: Right, who you need to know makes moves, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because to me, there have been, like COVID hit last, Spring. last, last winter, actually, because yeah. it was March. yeah. And my city <laughs> started acquiring land. Mm -hmm. didn't even know Hmm. they bought up the main there's Mm -hmm. one there's a market in our neighborhood called the Spartan Market not the best of places certainly not the worst of places but all of a sudden in November of last year Spartan Market shuts down now Spartan Market has some of the best turkey wings Mm -hmm. you can buy big Old turkey wings at this place. You can get your lottery tickets because that's what a lot of the old folks are doing. You is, that, get, is
1: it by Norfolk State?
0: Yeah, it's on the corner with the Croc K- Center, like the big Salvation Army yeah, Center yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, I think
1: like I've been that. there.
0: Mm-hmm. So it closed down because the city acquired that property. So now that resource is gone from the neighborhood. It's gone. So if I had known back in June and had been paying attention like I usually am that the city acquired that property and that they would be shutting it down, I could have kind of alerted the residents to it months earlier and get gotten them prepared for if this is where you do your primary shopping, you Mm -hmm. might want to consider having to go down to the neighborhood of Walmart, which is up the road a ways Uh and do your shopping there or whatever. But the city gave no notice. I mean, they don't have to. They're just buying stuff. Right. (laughs) So economic development says, yeah, that's good property to acquire. That is an opportunity space, which is what we're planning for, which is what what I was talking about at first. Mm -hmm. That's one of the spaces that we have to now plan for what they're going to do with it because they've acquired it. Okay. So but economic development looks at that space and say, hey, we put something here. We could they're looking at how do we get tax the best tax value off of that land because what that's going to do now we're building up this area you know business wise and planning comes in and says these are great places we know that we want to build up in here so what essentially is happening as me and the rest of the civic leagues are sitting at the table planning for the future of this area my property value is going up which means my taxes are going up Mm -hmm. Like, mm-hmm. uh, there are going to be more resources in the neighborhood, but I'm also going to lose some neighbors mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. for many of them, if the property value goes up too much, mm-hmm. me, which mean in, in the last year, I think my taxes have gone up. Like I was I actually was like 200 and something dollars short on whatever was in my escrow. So we had to pay mm-hmm. on top of that. Mm-hmm. So these people are important because they're making moves and decisions that can affect the overall value of every mm-hmm. community. They're the ones who helped make the decision to spend 80% of the city's money over the past 10 years in one neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 80% of development went to one place in our entire city over the entire past 10 years because these people made decisions and gave the the green light. Mm -hmm. And we have opportunities to stand in front of them people and say no. So we have the right to push the pace on what happens in these different areas if we just understand the game. And to me, it's like monopoly. And when you're trying to learn it, it's like confusing. Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is that a confusing game? Yeah, but I mean, I I get what you're saying, or even chess or whatever.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you gotta learn the rules of the game. It seems overwhelming at first, but once you learn the rules of the game, then you can play. And I think that's so important. There are lots of different levels of leadership So there's, like, the first leader who, in this case, is you because you got that greater understanding so you could decipher this stuff. And then there's second leaders and third leaders of the people who threw their weight, and even if their weight was a letter, that added up, because then it resulted in change in gaslighting, but also change. (laughs) Yes. If you're going to get gaslit, no matter what, you might as well get the change too. <laughs> you might
0: as well. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> boom. Yeah. And so this is what happens in economically advancing communities is like no one's really knowing how to play the game. And those who are playing are able to to sit at the table and be fed and not bring their own food. Hmm. We have to start thinking about when we walk into these rooms, what problem do I want to solve in my community with this development? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Instead of what did they say I could have? And that same thing goes with, we got $240,000 to build a park in our community. And the first thing they wanted to do was give us, this is Parks and Recs. They wanted to give us some templates of things we could have. I said, we don't want any. Hmm. we don't want templates Mm -hmm. we'll go around and ask the little citizens and the older citizens and everybody what they want in their park Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to tamper down my dream not honk it down and let me dream up Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. we dream from we're gonna dream from the moon and then if we come down to the stars then okay Mm -hmm. but that's what happens when when we just you know what I mean Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So stop. Like, stop. You know, we can make those demands because I think you have steak behind your back and you're trying to give me a half a apple and a piece of bread. And I want that steak. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I thought, thought about it. I can't think of that one steak that's like grass fed and massaged and all that stuff. Oh, that's only overseas. Wa- Wagyu?
1: Co- Wagyu. Kobe? Matter of
0: fact, there you go. A f- whatever, whatever it is, <laughs> you trying to give me a T-bone and I want Wagyu. Yeah. And if I ask for wagyu and get a t-bone, I'm okay because it's still a steak, but I'm not okay with eating bread and apples when I could have had a steak. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel like it happens with development. No matter how much you contribute, we're all paying for these people to work for us. Every last one of them. If you shop if you buy something, you pay in a sales tax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, you, mm-hmm. if you get on the bus, you're funding that system because mobility is a part of the housing piece too. Mm-hmm. You fund this. So I don't know.
1: No, you, you do know, and you're giving me a big <laughs> education. Mm-hmm. So if education is a first step, It is. You also mentioned zoning being. A big deal. Zoning
0: has everything to do with knowing what your planning department does. Uh That goes hand in hand. Uh So I go to my city website and it says zoning is responsible for administering and enforcing zoning and ordinance. So that's how things are laid out. Everything from the architectural structure of our city to how streets are made and how narrow a lot is flooding how we deal with what areas are classified as what types of flood areas uh-huh, uh-huh. like there are some areas that like no 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 so are you following FEMA's standards or are you following whatever you know um, and the Planning Commission and fences and all that stuff like zoning tells us what we can and cannot do and then codes goes behind and enforces said zoning and codes is a whole nother thing because you'll have codes doing their job in certain spaces and we can't really show up over there. We're minimal manned in other spaces.
1: Wait, wait, wait. I don't understand that. We're minimal so, manned? Or, or, or something like that. What like, that so here's what ha-
0: Oh, they don't have means, enough like, people to enforce to the code? To, to enforce the codes, but how come codes and zoning violations are strictly enforced in some areas and not in others uh-huh, uh-huh. and that goes both ways because I've seen over enforcement in an area on things like getting the business out of there that maybe you don't want there mm-hmm. but then enforcement in other areas because we want to keep this place clean. So codes which should be the math of neighborhoods
1: it should be like this is the code, <laughs> the end becomes a way to manipulate based on people's bias.
0: Yes, codes is a way to manipulate. Mm
1: -hmm. There's something to the loss of perspective. And there's also something to the fact of the people who have the time to do this are in a different phase of their life and maybe have lost perspective of what it was to be at a a more active working phase or have younger children or be adjusting to a new country and all the things that that entails, especially if you have another language you need to grapple with and learn taxes. So, I mean, it just goes back to the thing that you're always talking about with empathy and listening and making sure that you're continually expanding your worldview and by that, I mean, like even your community view.
0: That's it. It's what it boils down to your whole community view and worldview. Because think about it. In this little planning group, we would not be talking about the missing middle housing if I was not there. There's no Mm -hmm. way we'd be talking. There's no way we'd be planning to address the housing crisis in our community if I was not there. Absolutely no way. Because you know what? People, they like houses. They want nice houses in their neighborhood because homeowners make a difference. (laughs) Uh, uh Renters are great too. Uh (laughs) Like Uh they're not terrible people either. This is a whole area
1: that took me such a long time to pull the wool off of my eyes from. And I think about it a lot environmentally as well. Having the quote-unquote American dream like your own house, the picket fence, a big yard and having property or whatever, that whole idea is not environmentally friendly. And it seemed like there's such a gearing of people in that direction (laughs) without a questioning of if that serves the values that we say we wanna have.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) now what? (laughs) So we start talking to people. We start really narrowing the scope of this. And there's an education piece of understanding how your city works and the way it develops, because that makes a difference. There's a piece of understanding, to your point, like what is a healthy neighborhood, Mm
1: -hmm. right? Mm
0: -hmm. What does it look like to have a quality neighborhood? Because the word you use hit me is like you lose your perspective. Mm Mm-hmm. And are we guided by norms that are no longer feasible for the world that we live in now? Yeah. Right. How do we address those things? How do we move forward? Who do we need to talk to? Yeah, who do we need to talk to? I can say with 100% certainty when we get to the solutions portion of this there are a lot of cities that are That I've taken these issues of Mm -hmm. neighborhood quality, neighborhood health, zoning and planning and just people's flat out bias in communities and addressed it economically and put a dollar amount behind it. Mm -hmm. Like it will cost you if you don't consider doing X, Y, and Z when Mm -hmm. you develop.
1: Yeah. Right. And you have to build it into that system because I saw something that was on Instagram That there are people outside freezing, but you could go to a restaurant and restaurants had set up little heated igloos outside to be COVID safe and whatever. So if you can pay, you can go sit in this warm, heated thing. But there are people without a home who don't have access to that warmth. It feels like the Hunger Games. It feels that level. It feels like a caricature of cruelty.
0: I do not disagree with you.
1: I mean, not that you need that extra image. We don't have to look to Texas. We can look right here. We
0: can look at flooding. We can look at. You can read this past newspaper that talked about how redevelopment is just kicking people out on the streets. Mm-hmm. And off of. The, there's a lawsuit with residents against our city for the way that they are handling them. Mm-hmm. The way they essentially. <laughs> they. <laughs> sorry. I'm laughing, but it's not funny. It's not. They essentially said that we're not going to consider racial dynamics when we're doing this. We're just going to say we're going to we're not going to stand in people's way to do housing choice. So this is like the same gimmick that was ran when we talk about school choice. Mm. We're just going to do housing choice. We're not going to consider the racial dynamics of what's happening here. Why would we even consider that? These people have a choice, not understanding that one, it's breaking up these pockets of a large amount of specifically black people, providing with them with a the voucher where voucher discrimination is no longer legal, but it's happening. Mm-hmm. People are being turned down because they have a voucher. You can't be discriminated against for how you pay your rent. I think that just got passed in Virginia. But people have nowhere to go because neighborhoods don't want people that have vouchers. Right. Landlords don't want them.
1: Because, and I think that is because of a conglomeration of poverty or low socioeconomic status with crime. Yes. And it's an easy little trail to follow. Because if you have fewer choices or you don't have good choices, then you may be more likely to make bad choices. But that should not mean that if you are of a low socioeconomic status that you are going to make those bad choices, and it should not mean that people tangle up low socioeconomic status with their own racism.
0: <laughs>
1: and I I just found this so well put in that chapter of How to Be an Anti-Racist by mm-hmm. Ibram X. Kendi. Uh, I think it's chapter 11. It's just a very common thing that I think yes. a lot of people hold on to and sit yes. in and when you ask people what they want in a neighborhood, a lot of times it's safety and safety leads you to a certain kind of neighborhood and not another one. Yes. That safety needs to just, that safety thing really has gotta be unpacked.
0: Yeah. So which is why I've sort of, when we're working with the communities, have trying to switch from what does safe mean and is safe and can we substitute safe with health? Mm,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm.
0: know what I mean? Can we substitute yeah. those things And more often than not? Yes. So then what does it mean for our neighborhood to be healthy? Yeah. You lose the fact that it doesn't need to not be any low-income people here for it to be healthy. Right. And I, I think, to your point, I feel like that the article that I read punched people in the mouth because they spoke to a woman who has four children, four or five children. She, and I'm leading with that because it doesn't even matter because she had a job at the shipyard, which is large in our area Mm -hmm. and makes great money. From what I've heard, it's hard work depending on what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Got a back injury on the job, couldn't recover, fell in hard times, ended up in public housing for the time being and working on the way to get out. And then they started doing this, phasing people out. So like, Mm -hmm. are we going to consider her a terrible person? She said she had, she's she's like, I've got over 150 no's. I was excited. I thought I was going to be able to move out and move into a house. And then no one told me that I wasn't going to qualify, even though I have good credit. I have no history of crime on paper i'm good but when i show up in person or when i start saying that i have section eight done Hmm. done
1: i still remember that early early forum we did and i'm blanking on the woman's name but she really made a point to say don't feel any sense of shame for you taking Section 8 or whatever assistance you were getting, don't feel shame around the assistance. Because consider this system that has put you into the place where you have to get assistance. So take
0: it. <laughs> I, I, I remember. Do yeah. you remember? Mm-hmm. Because from your perspective, do you feel like there's a shame around that? Yes, absolutely. My mother probably needed it sometimes when we were growing up and never took it, never used public assistance ever. Huh. And we went without sometimes.
1: Well, <laughs> ugh, take that as an answer to the people who are like, oh, all these
0: people are just sitting around Wait. sucking up I've, I, resources. I, I was on, I got WIC. WIC is public assistance. Mm-hmm. When I had my son mm-hmm. and I was in mm-hmm. living in San Diego, making Not very much. People think military people make a lot of money. We were not making very much in San Diego. I had custody of my niece and I was pregnant with my son and it was really difficult making ends meet and living in San Diego with a child and a half. Because when you're pregnant with a baby, you have to start planning for having a baby. (laughs) Mm -hmm. At least Mm -hmm. if you're smart, you're starting to. Yeah, it's already gets expensive before the baby's out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I got WIC and my niece went to Head Start. Mm -hmm. Those are two publicly funded things and it helped me when I was early 20s doing what I have to do. I think these programs are designed to help, but Mm -hmm. they also get abused like everything else. (laughs) Right.
1: But they also, it sounds like, don't help as much as they are supposed to. In the case of the woman that you mentioned, if you have Section 8, but
0: you're not able to Nobody. find a place Boom. to live. Yeah, because it goes back to you and saying, tying that help to negative, especially if you're, uh, especially if you're Black, right? Mm-hmm. It, it is different mm-hmm. when you have, uh, so oftentimes when you have someone who is not Black on assistance and trying to make it work, there is oftentimes a different perception that's just a fact. So that's why all this matters with the housing piece. We can create a community and a system that says we value the humans in our neighborhood and also help folks understand what makes our community great. Because I will tell you, I have people in our community that have come from these areas that the Section A, the housing that have moved into my neighborhood and, yes, are not 100% sure mm-hmm. on how to live in a community with a house and stuff, right? Like, you don't park on your lawn up, up on it and things like that. And it, that is not to be like, I'm going down there and I'm calling the police because they are parking on their lawns and they have music on at 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. No, we... We go and we build a relationship with them and then we have these sorts of conversation. We have, I can tell you a house in particular where we went through that. They, we know that they can't, we know that it's a person with the voucher. We know that they are not are not used to live in a neighborhood. The husband's a barber. Um, the wife finds work wherever she can. Like, get it. All right, so the person across the street is gonna build a relationship. We're still gonna talk to them we go down there and bring them some books and stuff not just them because that's a community wide thing and then we talk about like hey you know Mm -hmm. it would be great if you didn't park on the grass because that's just not a norm that's not a norm really anywhere that's an actual violation what I don't want to see happen is that you come and get ticketed Mm -hmm. for being up on your lawn okay these are real Mm -hmm. things like the Mm -hmm. fact that they stand outside and talk so what I don't care like that's that's not a violation of anything. You don't have to like it. <laughs> Old white lady next door. I get you don't like it, but they're not doing. Oh, white people do not like people talking outside. It's
1: that's that's like a big deal in Minnesota. The sidewalk groups of people on a sidewalk was a major, major issue for a lot of white people.
0: So where do we go from here? Because I think it's a matter of education that this is where it starts i I would just even jump off on sort of doing housing better in your in mm-hmm. your neck of the woods or in my neck of the woods I would learn about those those different entities that that you should be a part of the process on that you know you get to have a say on I would learn about planning, planning commissions. And I would learn about economic development departments if you have them. And I would also consider the planning commissions are made up of typically, typically some places there may be elected, but they are made up of citizens, regular old citizens. So Mm -hmm. I would even look at the makeup of the planning commission because that's a thing too. So strategically, they're pushing the less savory people out (laughs) Mm -hmm. and making short-term rentals so the wealthy folks there can buy another place and just use that as their own form of income. Mm -hmm. And then we still have this housing crisis. That's why we need different kinds. And I'm not, it's not just minority people, it's community-minded people Mm -hmm. at the table considering the full picture because people who have money, they are considering the bottom line, not the person. All right, you've been listening to Your neighborhood, and as always... Give us a like,
1: a rate, subscribe, review, tell your friends, and join us on social. Stay
0: open, stay curious, and make it a great day closer to history. Dave Matthews. Actually, he did. Yes, Dave Matthews. Dick, girl, okay, go ahead, look, I'm gonna tell you, Dave Matthews. (laughs) I'm so glad that we, I'm so glad, I'm so glad we said this. Dave Matthews, what he did in his hometown. I'm gonna blow your mind. Dave Matthews Band supports Charlottesville public housing, like he donated $5 million to affordable housing. There was a project that had been sitting there and wasn't happening. Yes, he sure did. And so what he did, I kid you not. (laughs) I would love to know what made him do that. So the band and himself put funds towards renovating and replacing all all of the city's public housing and construction of additional affordable housing and underutilized land. This was like some years ago, 2016. He also partnered with the Nature Conservancy to plant one million trees. SZA just partnered with Tazo to plant um, trees in neighborhoods.